Good morning. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shemitah Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Our first story starts off with the wildfires along the West Coast. They've reportedly killed more than 30 people, including a one-year-old boy in Washington. Dozens are missing. Hundreds of thousands of people in California, Oregon, and Washington have fled their homes. And online, some people are trying to make sense of all this by taking verifiable facts and weaving them into these narratives that end up just not being true. Now, these conspiracy theories can be dangerous because they can complicate state and local efforts to keep people safe. According to CNN, one particular rumor started with a tweet by a failed Senate candidate who claimed that law enforcement had arrested six, quote, Antifa arsonists for starting fires in Oregon. Now, this is not true. Local officials and the FBI are saying this is unequivocally false. But groups like QAnon are amplifying these messages. One local sheriff's department says it's been overrun with calls and questions about this false claim. Conspiracy theories like these have managed to go from the fringes of the Internet to the mainstream over the past couple of years. In an article for the latest issue of Time magazine, reporter Charlotte Alter writes about a week she spent speaking to voters across Wisconsin. And after more than 80 interviews, she found one out of every five people spoke to her about conspiracy theories that they genuinely believe are true, but have been proven false. And there's data that shows these conspiracy theories are gaining traction. A June Pew Research Center study found one out of four people in the U.S. saw some truth in the false idea that the coronavirus outbreak was planned by powerful people. Alter writes that those who believe conspiracy theories are more likely to align with right-leaning politics. She heard everything from the idea that China created the coronavirus to bring down the United States to stories of a global cabal of blood-drinking child traffickers. And it's not just a right-wing phenomenon. Alter spoke with some left-leaning voters, and they were increasingly suspicious that these, quote, elites are going to rig the U.S. election. Alter writes, these voters, quote, aren't just infected with conspiracy, they appear to be inoculated against reality. And she spoke to an expert who warned this is only going to get worse. Candidates who support QAnon won primaries and could be headed to Congress. As one professor who spoke to Alter said, we are not anywhere near peak crazy. Do you live in a place that was doing that 7 p.m. nightly cheering for essential workers? Have you heard of them lately? While essential workers, especially low-wage earners, are still out there doing some of the most crucial, thankless work right now, Bloomberg Businessweek has an article detailing how a lot of employers have put in place gag rules. These are meant to stop workers from talking about the spread of the coronavirus on the job, about who might be infected and who else might be at risk. Bloomberg spoke to employees at companies like Amazon, McDonald's and Target, who all say they were told not to discuss whether they felt sick or someone else in the workplace was. These three companies disputed the allegations. Bloomberg also got hold of an email that Delta Airlines sent out to its flight attendants, telling them not to notify other crew members about COVID symptoms. And Delta said staff have not been punished for sharing diagnoses. 
But some workers filed complaints. That Bloomberg reporter looked at workplace complaints about COVID-19 that were filed against hundreds of companies with the National Labor Relations Board, as well as the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, you know, OSHA. Mm -hmm. So this reporter found only a few of these COVID-related complaints led to citations. Yeah, the Washington Post looked into this, too. You remember all those outbreaks at meat processing plants earlier this year? According to the nonprofit news organization, the Food Environmental Reporting Network, at least 42,000 meatpacking workers tested positive across nearly 500 plants, and more than 200 of those people died. Federal regulators were made aware of hazardous work conditions in these places back in the spring. But according to the Post, it took them six months to hold these plants accountable. To date, only two of those plants have been fined, a total of just $29,000. The other part of this issue, if you catch COVID on the job, it might be next to impossible for you to get workers' compensation. According to The Intercept, states are siding with business interests and insurance companies to deny the claims of people who say they were infected with COVID-19 on the job. In California, for example, there have been more than 30,000 COVID-related workers' compensation claims, and nearly a quarter of them so far have been denied. If someone really wanted to make a fake mail-in ballot, to vote twice or vote as someone else, it would be incredibly difficult to do. There's a whole industry of ballot-making companies that have been improving the technology around this for years. And an article in the California Sunday Magazine gets into the details. By the way, this is also one of our audio stories. You can listen to it on the Apple News app. The reporter, Jesse Barron, takes us inside the vendors who print ballots, sort, distribute, and count them. In 2016, there were 33 million ballots sent by mail. This year, we're expecting to see double that. And that means for the vendors in the industry, this year is an opportunity for big business. Yet the reporter visits one of these operators. They're called Runbeck Election Services. And on the factory floor, there's this machine. It's 20 feet long. It prints about 14,000 package ballots every hour. And here's how it works. Each envelope has a barcode on it. And when it's scanned, it links to your specific voter registration file. So it tells the machine which ballot to select for your voter profile. It matches your party, your district, the right races, directions to your polling place, you know, all of that information. The machine also adds an I voted sticker to your envelope because people apparently really love that. Your ballot has a barcode, too, and it gets scanned to make sure it matches the one on your envelope. Finally, it all gets sealed, addressed, and sent to the U.S. Postal Service for delivery. Now, the reporter explains if someone tried to vote twice or use a fraudulent ballot, the computer would notice the mismatch of barcodes right away and immediately reject it. And one thing that feels really clear after reading or or listening to this story, the standard in this industry is extremely high. One voting expert quoted in the article echoes what we've heard before. If the sun rises on November 4th and we don't have a clear winner declared, fraud is not the likely explanation. Many people on the West Coast have been realizing this as wildfires continue to burn and turn the skies a hazy orange. When you point your smartphone at a flame-colored sky, it shows up on your screen as shades of gray. So The Atlantic explains, apparently, the automatic white balance on your smartphone is programmed to do what it thinks is right. To see the sky, 
assume it's supposed to be blue, and turn the blue even more blue. And now that the skies are raging from a Mars-like orange to a deeper red, the white balance on your automatic smartphone cameras are out of whack. They don't have a reference point. Some people have managed to tweak their phone images by adjusting the white balance, you know, trying to find the right settings to do this sky justice. But the author of the piece writes, consider this a reminder that even though we use our phone cameras to document every aspect of our lives, they aren't true windows on the world. They're just machines that turn those views into images. You can find all these stories and more on the Apple News app. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.